Welcome to the Gym Heroes Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Peacock. Today's show is brought to you by Gymdesk, the easiest gym management software you'll ever use. Take payments, create marketing automations, track attendance, and much more. To try the software out free, go to gymdesk.com. No credit card or painful sales call required. Our hero today is Ortal Kindle. Program Director for Women's Self-Defense with a nonprofit company, Guardian Self-Defense. In this episode, she explains how to keep a nonprofit with a specialized target market growing and serving its target community with excellence. And while we are talking about a self-defense nonprofit, the insights apply to virtually any business. So without further ado, Ortal Kindle. All right. So... Um, how did you first get into self-defense training and how has it impacted your life? So I started uh, martial arts training about, I would say like six years ago. Um, I just thought it was a cool thing to do. Was, you know, like a new fad. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm bored. I want to find a new hobby. Um, and my friends kind of were a part of a program. So I joined it. I was in a gym locally like right near my house. So I was like, okay, I'll join. I had no idea what it entailed kind of just you know I, I kind of equated it to power rangers slash uh you know any any kind of like uh combat movie that i saw and i was like you oh, know i want to learn some stuff um and then about two weeks after i joined i was uh brutally beaten in the street um and just on a random night just across the street from my house i live in midwood which is like super safe mm-hmm. um you know residential area very, very not creepy, very well lit um, in front of a, a, a Jewish boys' school. So this was definitely the last thing on my mind. Um, but there was a creepy guy walking around, and I, I didn't listen to my, what I call now, bad guy vibes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of like fell into this this little um, like PC mode where I was just like afraid to be mean or to, you know, think badly of the guy mm-hmm. or to kind of like judge the guy. So I didn't, I didn't stay away and I was very much busy with my stuff and, you know, he kept on creeping over and, and I, I did get scared, but I didn't leave. And I guess I didn't answer him the way he wanted to be answered. And he just landed a nice, nice punch right here. Um, he hit me about four times and, um, completely destroyed my face. Um, wow my head knocked against my car door. So I had massive concussion. Um, and then he tried to like choke me out. Um, I didn't know what to do. I just kind of like tried to call on anything that I could possibly remember, but I was only in class for two weeks, which means two sessions. Cause it was just a once a week thing. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, what are you learning first two weeks? You don't know anything. Um, and my initial reaction was to call out for help. And I think mm-hmm. that's what changed my life or got me more into martial arts in a more serious way because um, that was a very pathetic, kind of very sad image. I was screaming out for help. I was, you know, asking anybody. And this was in front of a like a voice. I, I believe I'm on. Um, um, I forgot what it's called. It's like a not YouTube. Um, World Star. I believe I'm on World Star because people have, really? have like they recorded me getting hurt. Um, I couldn't watch it because you know it was way too traumatic for me. I, I couldn't watch it, but I, I did see 
the upload. Um, mm -hmm. And that's what was more important. You know, it was more important to kind of get the content. Um, people were just afraid, I guess, to, to, to get involved or just didn't want to. Yeah. Um, and this was the, the scariest thing in my life where I, I thought this is where I end, this is where I die. He's going to choke me out. And he wasn't that much bigger than me, even though I'm extremely small. He wasn't mm -hmm. that much bigger. And I don't think he was very strong. The doctors in the ER actually said that had he been like a little bit stronger and knew a little bit more of what he was doing, I probably wouldn't have lasted. Um, but I was able to kind of just give him a nice push kick, which didn't do much. It, all it did was give me a, like an ounce of space, like this much, you know, like an, very very small and then i my instinct was just to make a 360 and just well 180 actually just like run into traffic and i just continued running i was on an adrenaline high and i just ran for like 20 minutes um yeah. I, I woke i kind of like fell and uh, i was so scared I, I stayed in like a like a front lawn and uh, i just passed out like the, the people came and saw me there and i just passed out i woke up in the hospital so um I, that was the scariest moment of my life um and I think after that, I, I was, well, not, I think I was, I was extremely gripped with fear. I couldn't, I couldn't continue living like a normal person. And, um, it was a very scary time for me because it was, you know, living with that much trauma is, is it's really impossible. Your, your brain doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I couldn't go outside. I couldn't talk to people. I, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I wasn't a human being. Um, and at some point I was just like, okay, if I don't do something with my life right now, this is going to be the end of my normal life. Mm -hmm. So I got, um, well, my friend kind of dragged me to the gym every day and he's like, this is what you need to do. You need to, you need to get all of this trauma and fear and cry it out, whatever it is, but you got to do it in a place where you can reclaim yourself and kind of like build your confidence back up again because it happened across the street from my house. So I just kind of felt like this was in my, in my backyard, you know, like the guy's going to come back. He knows where I live. Like he kind of like tormented my safe space. Yeah. So, um, I got into martial arts then, um, not gonna lie. It was, it was very hard <laughs> to get into martial arts. I'm, I'm about 107 pounds. I'm a female. Um, it's not the most welcoming thing for a woman. Um, especially if you're going into a gym that has professional fighters, that's kind of like their, their goal, you know? And if you're not anything that's going to do that, they kind of send you to kickboxing, yeah. even though kickboxing is great. And I, I, I very much enjoyed it. It wasn't what I needed. I needed to learn martial arts. I needed to learn how to protect myself, how to feel safe again. Um, and so that's kind of how I got into it because I, I, I wanted to, you know, get that confidence again. I wanted to feel safe. I wanted to feel in control as much as possible. And I, I really didn't want it to, I, I didn't want that image of me to ever come back. I didn't want to ever feel like if I don't have someone who's going to be with me 24 seven to protect me, I don't feel safe. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be the first person that's going to come to my aid um to help me as much as possible that doesn't mean that i'm going to become bruce lee right um it just means that i can protect myself now now i know what to do now i know what to look out for now i know and i should have known honestly and that's my motto now my motto is you know how to read and write you need to learn how to protect yourself because there are crazies out there you know yeah. i'm not like a an alarmist and i don't think that the world is you know the most um negative place i'm not a pessimist at all but i do think that you know it is becoming increasingly scary and increasingly more dangerous and there's no reason not to have this in your arsenal mm -hmm. so that's quite a long answer <laughs> no that was that was a great answer i didn't expect you to go in that much detail that's absolutely terrible but i'm really glad that i've read a couple of studies that self-defense has really been really been useful as even as a therapeutic modality for women that have suffered that sort of trauma yeah so I'm, absolutely I'm really, really glad to hear that 
So you're you're involved now with um, a program, I believe, called Guardian Self Defense. Is that right? Yes. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. Um, and you, how long have you been involved with that? So you said you started at, at a place with like professional fighters and stuff. Does that that was first, and then you then you found Guardian Self Defense? Yeah. So I wanted to create my own program. Um, well, I wanted to. I really wanted to help women. Um, not only, but I did want to help women because I, again, like I said, the, the, like walking into a, an MMA gym is very intimidating. Yeah. Um, and, and I haven't found a place that's extremely welcoming or understanding to, first of all, to women, maybe a woman just wants to learn self-defense, right. For whatever it is. Um, or she, or she wants to learn martial arts, not even as a self-defense. She wants to be a martial artist, but she looks like me. She's 107 pounds and she's tiny, you know, five, five, um, she doesn't know the first thing about it, but she thinks it's cool. I just didn't find a place that was like, you know, like welcoming and, um, and helpful in that way. Um, I was scoffed at, I, um, I, I had a hard time finding partners a lot of times and, and, you know, and, and also coming from my own trauma, which doesn't necessarily have to be the, the case. It doesn't have to be that women want to learn self-defense because they're coming from a trauma or they want to learn martial arts because they're coming from a trauma. I wanted to kind of like change that narrative. I wanted to, I wanted it to be that it's normal for every woman to want to learn this too. Um, and so, and the, the gym I was at just wasn't that welcoming to that kind of idea. And so um, I got involved with um, Guardian Self-Defense. Um, it's a nonprofit organization that is literally created out of a need, just out of a need. Unfortunately, the Jewish community has been suffering so many anti-Semitic um, crimes, violent crimes, um, and it's just been going on. It's kind of like shoved under the rug. Like, oh, oh, a Jew got hit. Okay, no big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really bothers me. I'm I'm Jewish also. Um, and it really just bothers me that, you know, there are different sects of Judaism and, um, you know, based on what you wear, you know, kind of like reflects your the, the level of like victimization, which I don't, I don't at all, you know, um, agree with it just cause you're wearing a black hat, a white shirt and black pants equals, Oh, you look like an easy target. Um, or just cause you're wearing a skirt and you kind of look, you know, more modest and religious then you know, we'll, we'll pick on you. We can take your purse. Um, and I, and so we started in crown Heights, um, where there's a very, um, very big, very dominant Jewish community. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just a lot of crime. There's a lot of, you know, very high tensions. Um, and it's not so, um, it's not so typical for a woman to learn this in, in the religious world. It just isn't not, not because there's anything against it. It's just, just isn't, they have other things to do, but they are living with a situation where it's scary. You know, they're scared to walk home at night. I can talk to some of my friends who will tell me things like it's very normal to be walking home on a Friday evening, um, and be followed to your apartment by just a stranger, you know? So I said, okay, this is not a very normal way to live. Like we need to do Mm -hmm. something. So we kind of like scoured the place and there really isn't a, an organization or a gym or anything there that teaches martial arts to, to the community. So we made one. <laughs> um, and I was very, very much involved in the women's part of it. Um, this was something that was, you know, very much, uh, like fought against. And a lot of people said that it'll never work and, you know, no one will show up, but, um, but thank God we've been around for two years and we've been, we have a, a, extraordinarily large class um, and it keeps growing thank god we have a very long waiting list already for the next cycle so i'm mm-hmm. very very happy to to you know get any and every woman into this class um you know to learn the basics just to learn what to do you don't have to become this professional martial artist but just to know what to do if you know because there, there can always right. be an right. if 
So that's how I got involved with that. Yep. There's always an if. Even if the world seems to be getting safer, there's always some some crazy person out there. And it's it's yep. worth it's worth knowing though. So Guardian Self Defense seems pretty it's, it strikes me as a pretty um unique program. Um and it's targeted it's targeted at the at mostly at um people in Jewish communities that need protection. And um so how how can you walk me through how in other ways that is different from a regular martial arts program? Well, first of all, it's nonprofit. So mm-hmm. nobody makes a dollar. That's not the that's not the vision. It's not the goal. Nobody, I don't care. I don't care um, to make money. So first of all, it has a different kind of drive um, because I'm I'm extremely passionate about the people joining. I want them to learn the martial art, not because I'm getting paid for it like anyway. So it doesn't matter if you show up or not because I have your money. Um, mm-hmm. I want you to show up because if you don't show up, that's that's you know time lost in the bake. Um, to to learn martial arts, and that's the name of the game. You know, to learn martial arts, you gotta you gotta have commitment, you gotta have consistency, or you have no muscle memory, and there's nothing to call on. You know, when you're stuck in that moment of like, oh, I'm I'm, I'm in a situation. This is a little compromising. I don't know what to do. You know, there's like a fight or flight that goes on in your head, and so um, if you don't know what to do, then you're stuck. You know, and the only way you're gonna know is if you've done it over and over again. So I'm I'm much more uh, connected. It's not a it's not like a, a business where, you know, there's a, there's an owner and there are some members and they come in and it's like, you know, we know them on first name basis and it's like, hi, hi, I'm very much involved in every single person's um, uh, journey. I'll say um, there, mm-hmm. there's a very wide spectrum. So this is, even though this is a Jewish program, it is not only for Jewish people. Um, it's for a lot of people. We don't, we have a location in New York city right now um, in Midtown and there's not only Jewish people in that class too. Um, and it's it, the program is for anyone and everyone who wants to learn self-defense. So there's a very big difference because we don't teach you how to fight, we teach you how to defend yourself. It's very different. The, the, the vibe in the class is very different. It's very family oriented. It's, there's a very friendly, um, very safe feeling in the class because like I said, it's a very large spectrum. So I can have people from all ages. Well, really the, the youngest I would have is 16, but so from 16 till I think my oldest member right now is about 65. Um, it's a very big range. Um, there, you know, um, there can be different colors, different races, different, um, different ethnicities, different religious levels. Um, and all of that doesn't matter. I don't care. Um, what I care about is your commitment. I care that you want to do this and you want to do this for yourself because that means you're going to show up and that means you're going to give it the, you know, a hundred percent. And if mm-hmm. your hundred percent means that you can only do two punches, cause that's what you know, that's great. Cause you gave it a hundred percent. You know, and we can always build on that. So I look at every class as like a Lego and every, every time you come, you're just building, you know, you're putting another Lego piece on top of each other and then you're going to end up with a building, you know, whether it's this building at the end of the cycle, we have a three month cycle. So we cut it down just because we need to make it bite size for, you know, the human brain just doesn't like commitment very much. So if I tell people that you have to sign up for a year, I probably won't have anybody sign up. Mm -hmm. So we tell them three months. So three months at a time, um, you know, a lot of people ask me like, what will I look like after three months? And I can never tell them that because I don't know how much you're going to put in. If our classes are 90 minutes. So if I tell them that they will shut off the world from nine for 90 minutes and really just focus on the class and really just be present, they will come out so much further than it can possibly come out, you know, if they hadn't done that. So, um, so the, the class is just, um, with a bunch of very like-minded people. So it's not like it's, um, and it's very much, uh, specifically for beginners 
So if you have like martial arts experience and, uh, you know, you're coming from some other martial arts, it's not, not necessarily that we don't want you in the program. It's that we want to make sure that it's a good fit for both sides. And I, I just don't feel like this would be the right fit because, it's there's a bunch of beginners in the class and you might feel like hey i'm not really you know advancing like i want to yeah um and so the the i wanted i wanted to create that space where everyone um can feel more or less equal even if they're you know on different parts of their journey which everybody is um but i wanted to create that space um so that means if you're like heavier than somebody else if you're slower than somebody else if you can't um if you can't hit like someone else or you can't just, you can't understand it or grasp it as quick, it doesn't matter because there isn't a competition. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's like primarily why we chose also Krav Maga as our martial art, because it's not a competitive sport. It's, it's literally a street fight. Um, and I wanted it to be non-competitive where it doesn't matter how, how, you know, great or amazing this person is or your partner is. It doesn't matter because everybody's on their own journey and we're going to get you to the max that you can get to on your journey. So what makes it, I think what, at least what I feel is different is that first of all, I have a connection with every single one of my members and we have over, over a hundred members. So, um, and everybody knows that they can always turn to me. They can always talk to me uh, about, you know, different personal things. And I will do my utmost to make sure that, you know, we can, we can get them whatever help that they need, um, to help them progress. So it's very different. We have very, very close relationships. And also it's, it's just a family vibe, you know, like everybody's there to help each other. Um, no one's there to like brawl out on anyone else. Um, and we, we really just have one goal and one vision and it's, it's felt, I feel, if I can say it so myself, um, I feel like it's very felt, um, that we're, we're there for the community. We're really just there to help and, you know, we'll, we'll do whatever it takes to make sure that we can help, um, people feel more safe or people feel like they can do their part to save themselves. Absolutely. That's a great thing. Um, I, I'm I'm curious to know if once they've gone through a three month cycle, what what comes after that? Are are there other levels? Can they move up? Is there support beyond that, or do you kind of direct them to like martial arts gyms or something like that? So the goal originally was um, to train beginners. Honestly, you know, we were just like minded friends who kind of came together and said, "Okay, let's pool like our our resources and let's do this." Right. So it wasn't. Um, that's also the difference between us because we're not a gym. So mm-hmm. if we had a business model, it would be a little bit different. But um, we we our 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 goal was how do we train more people? How do we get more people into the room? Obviously, we have to do it within a, a you know in, in a business way so that it runs you know, correctly and that everything is is done well. Um, but after the three months, first of all, our three months was complete trial. We're like, okay, let's just try this. We, we're coming into a new community. We don't know. We're not part of this community. We don't really know anyone. Um, we don't know how they'll take it. And we don't really know how we'll, how we'll be perceived in three months. Maybe people will be like, oh, we don't like this program. Goodbye. Um, but so the, the three months that we had, um, we kind of just said three months to see how it would go. But then we, we, we kind of morphed it into a just three months at a time so that members can, can like kind of deal with that, with that commitment, but we don't go anywhere after three months, we just start again. Right. So we might have like a week in between, uh, as a break, um, just cause it's a little hard. Our, our programs are on Sunday. Um, so sometimes it's just a little hard to take every single Sunday of the year. Um, people, you know, life comes up, people have different things to do. So sometimes like we just take a, a week break, but then we'll start back up again for 12 sessions you know, within a three month period. Um, and as people progress, we kind of like have to change or, or kind of update where we're going because our first class, they, you know, we had 30 people 
So our first class was, you know, like our 30 newbies. They were just our beginners. They were kind of like the pioneers. Um, and then as, as they grew, they learned more in their martial arts. So not necessarily as if you go through like a, a, a three month cycle, not necessarily will you be more advanced than somebody else. Like we don't, we don't ever call our, our, um, our groups like beginners and advanced. We just call it beginners and non-beginners because someone can come in, um, like, and start their, their, you know, martial arts journey, um, complete a three month cycle and not be that much far off than a brand new beginner because mm-hmm. they're older or they, they're just, they're a lot slower. They need a lot more time. And don't forget, it's only 90 minutes once a week. That's it's not even a drop in the bucket. It's, it's nothing. Um, you know, cause you, the, I, I always say like the first cycle of someone, um, joining, um, guardian self-defense, it's usually like they're a prerequisite to a cycle. You have to get around like the martial arts culture. Um, you have to understand like what it means to be like standing on the line, you know, um, to, to be able to take instruction, um, to hit a bag, you know, like sometimes it's the, all these things are very scary. These are, this is very out of the box, um, for beginners. And it's not people who are looking for the martial arts world. It's really people who just want to feel safe. So it's very different yeah. in that sense that they don't not always do they understand what that means. You know, when I say 715, I mean 715. Like you got to be on the map. Like we don't have a map, but like you got to be on the brown line, you know, to like to bow in. It's 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 a whole different culture. So sometimes they finish a 3-month cycle and they don't know anything because I mean they know how to pick up their hands and they know about situational awareness. Um, but they don't really, they don't actually know how to land a punch. They don't really know what that means to connect your fist with someone's face. They have no idea. It's not something, you know, it's very foreign. So it's not something they can grasp onto very quickly. So, um, there's a lot of people that do progress. We do give out like certificates at the end of, of a three month cycle and based on the person's attendance, um, like merit, just because like how, merit just means, uh, how much of themselves that they actually give, um, you know, to learn this. And, um, so there's attendance merit and and then just like skill you know mm-hmm. um based on that we, we tell them if they progress you know to a different level if they need to now get gear um if they're going to be learning let's say um, uh like groundwork you know how we're doing it so in krav maga there we we work with um tkm which is our the where our instructors come from traditional krav maga and um they are the ones that will let us know if the, the individual will progress to a different colored belt so right now, like our oldest group is going to be testing for their orange belts. Um, now that doesn't mean that the entire group is going to do that. Because again, it's, it's these three things, the, the skill, merit, and, and, um, and attendance. Um, because you could come four times, but you're really good and you picked everything up really great, but you only came four times. So that doesn't work. You know what I mean? So we had to like work. Mm-hmm. That was like the business model. We had to figure out as we grew because we didn't necessarily know that we we're going to grow. But in general... That's a very good question. A lot of people ask us this, like, okay, so what happens after three months? Um, So we don't, we don't go anywhere. We stay where we're at. um, And we, you know, we hope to stay for as long as the community needs it. Our ultimate goal is to make the community kind of like self-sufficient so that they can be able to do this on their own. So they don't necessarily need people to to do this for them, but that's like the, the end game, you know, where, Mm -hmm. where this becomes really big um, and it's implemented in many spaces, you know, and then it could just, facilitate itself. Awesome. So I, I've, to my understanding, you also provide like first aid classes or, or training. What's the train of thought behind that? Okay. So that came from just being a part of, of the, like just being a part of the community and being an, an asset to the community. Mm-hmm. So 
if you know self-defense, it's not, I know it's called self-defense, but it's not necessarily self-defense anymore. For me, like a lot of people ask me, why do I do this? Um, not the actual training. Like, why do I run this program? Um, and for me, it's not self-defense anymore. It's, it's more we defense, um, you know, because I've done my self-defense and I don't think that I'm done. I don't think training ever stops. And I do my own self-defense um, trainings, you know, with my coaches and I, I have that down for myself. But my we defense right now is to get more people to understand that they're walking around with four bats, you know, like you've got two arms and two legs and you can do a lot of damage to someone who's trying to hurt you. You just have to believe that you can. You have to learn the technicalities, you know, like just learn the technique and learn what you're doing and, and you can protect yourself potentially. That doesn't mean that you're going to go home on skate, right? Um, it just means that you're going to get home. You know, if it's mm. me or you and who's going home tonight, I want it to be me. Um, and that's what I want to do for the, for the communities. So, um, another way to become an asset is not just to do it for yourself. You know, if someone else is in a situation, don't just be a, sta- a bystander and don't take out your phone and put the person on, on world star, you know, be an asset help. You know, so one of the things that you can also do is, um, during a, an emergency, a medical emergency, um, you can help the first responders. So I know they're, they're called the first responders because, you know, they're the EMTs and as an EMT, um, if there, if there would be more, um, just community members, just, you know, regular passerbys, you know, um, just good, you know, goodwill people, just, um, good Samaritans that could help start, um, you know, helping in a, in a, in a medical situation, it would help me, it would help them, it will help the patient. So, um, so we teach them first aid, uh, because you know what, a lot of times some in, in, a, in a, a crime that can happen, people can get stabbed, people can get choked. Um, and we don't know what to do. And, you know, first aid is called. And what if you're passing by and you know what to do? You're not a first aid responder because you're not certified in, in CPR, but you can start. You know, you can you can get the AD. You can um, you can hold pressure on on a bleed. You can do something. So, um, so that that's why we give those classes. There are some educational classes. Um, that's part of our our model is Epic E P I C. Um, so we have E for education. That's where um, we have these classes. So aside from first aid, we also do um, we well we start off with a situational awareness class because I feel mm-hmm. like you can't really learn martial arts without understanding. Um, what situational awareness is, you have to know where you're, it, you know, if you're walking around with your hood up and your headphones on, your head in your phone, you have zero situational awareness. You can be a very easy target. Um, so, you know, we teach that, we teach first aid training, uh, we teach active shooter training, um, you know, which is, again, it's, you're not a SWAT team. You're not part of the, the, you know, the police department, but you can, you can help calm people down. Um, if you know what to do, you can get people to safety, you can get yourself to safety if you know what to do. And it's not every day that people find themselves in these kind of situations. It's kind of like, it just happens, you know, uh, where God forbid there's a shooting or God forbid there's a stabbing or something. And if you know just the beginning step of what to do, you can help a lot. So that's where those classes came in. Um, and then we hope to, you know, continue with them so that they're, they're kind of like a once a cycle thing. Like we, we offer it one time. Um, every cycle has a different a different class, and we bring in a guest speaker um, or a professional in that field, and they'll they'll teach us different things. That's really cool. I, I you don't see that very often, but that makes sense to put them together, the the, yeah. the first aid and everything. Because if you find yourself, even if you, and I live down south, so more more people conceal carry uh, weapons for self defense, and if you find yourself in a situation where you had to use your weapon you, it might be in your interest to administer first aid, depending on what happened. Um, 
Right. That's actually so, a really good point. That's, yeah. that's a great point. Like, yeah, if you had to use that and, you know, you had to do damage, but then, you know, at least you're out of the, you know, you're out of the, the, the scary zone, <laughs> but you can still save the person's life. Your, your point wasn't to kill, you know, yeah. just disarm or was whatever it is. And yeah. it's actually a great point. Oh, I'm going to use that. <laughs> just enlighten me. <laughs> so thanks for that. But that's also, I think a, a very good point as to like what, you know, makes us stand out um, is that we don't just teach the, the actual, um, physical parts that, you know, again, our Epic model is, um, education protection is for the P I mm-hmm. is for inspire and C is for community. So that's really what makes us stand out. We have educational classes aside from the actual physical classes, which are the, which is the P the protection part inspire is just because we want to inspire other communities to, to do this, to do this for themselves. Um, and communities, you know, we, we are working on making a lot of community events and kind of like bridging gaps where need be so that we can lower crime rates. We very much believe that like, you know, you can't hurt someone that you care about. Um, and if you, if you can kind of find some sort of similarity or some sort of common, common ground between you guys, then I think, you know, violence will go down and you won't see them as someone that I, I want to hurt or, or, or any kind of, you know, other stupidities that have been going on around. Um, and so we, we, would like to facilitate some community events and get involved in the community um, to kind of like show our face. Hey, I'm here. I'm your neighbor. I care about you. Let's be friends. You know? Um, so that's, that's, I think that's like the, the, that's really what makes us stand out. We're not just, it's not just about martial arts. It's not just about Krafaga. It's not just about protecting yourself. It's about being a better person, you know, mm-hmm. a better asset to your community, a better, just a, a better neighbor, a better, you know, just a better person. Um, and, even within the classes, you know, you come in and you learn a lot of things because some people are very, very, uh, I don't want to say like, you know, close-minded. They kind of live in a little bit of a bubble. And they, if it ha- hasn't happened to them, they don't really know that it, it exists. And then now you're in a class with people who have been victims of sexual assault or just, you know, physical assault. And you're like, whoa, like this happens. It's not just like in movies. It actually happens. This person yeah. went through yeah. some stuff and there's so much to learn from. So um, you're kind of making me fall in love with my program again. Thank you. <laughs> um you you might have covered this already but do you do you go over tackle communication you're talking about humanizing um being involved in the in the community to humanize each other as neighbors so that they're that violence is less likely to happen um do you do anything like tackle communication how to do verbal de-escalation all that kind of stuff yeah absolutely so that we go over that in our situational awareness um and also before um, before any kind of martial arts is taught, we always tell people that, you know, your self-defense starts with your mouth, you know, like mm-hmm. first of all, standing up for yourself and knowing what to say and how to say it. And sometimes like your, your, you know, your body language, like a lot of times we'll, before we teach like closed fist, um, defenses, we'll teach open fist defenses because it, it's kind of like a little bit, you know, less aggressive. Um, and it's easier, you know, and it could kind of can just deescalate a situation where like, Hey man, like I'm, I don't want any trouble, you know, like, I'm sorry, you know, just learning how to, how to calm the situation down. And that's actually, um, just reminded me of one of my members actually was, uh, this was like during the high holidays. Um, there was like a situation where someone came up very aggressive, kind of stood himself in front of, um, the, they were in a prayer house and they were just kind of like stood himself in front and kind of looked like it was about to start something, you know? Um, and a lot of people just didn't know what to do because that kind of presence automatically triggers like, you know, fear and, and you can, you can brawl out on, you know, without even knowing you can just escalate a situation that doesn't need to be escalated, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and he kind of just like slowly inched up, you know, made eye contact and 
kind of, you know, let the guy know, like, I'm here. If anything is going to go down, like, it's going to go through me. But I'm not here to hurt you. You know, like, talk, let's talk this out. And very slowly, the, the man just backed down. You know, like, he came in all, you know, brawly, loud music, um, very just aggressive look. Um, and then slowly, slowly, he just, you know, de-escalated. Slowly, slowly, just lowered it down. And then ultimately just left. Um, which to me was amazing because we don't teach them. Like I said, we, we don't teach you how to fight. I don't care that you're, you know, the cool kid in class now. And now, you know, I'm really cool. You know, that's not, that's not my goal. My goal is that you should know how to defend yourself. If someone is going to put arms on you or try to, you know, that's when you step in, but you, we're not about to be like, Hey, you want to go? You know, that's not the attitude of the class. So we definitely teach them. Um, how to, first of all, scan the room, you know, get a feel of what's going on, understand where you're, where you are, which is very much something that we block out these days. You know, we don't listen to them back to my attack was the first thing I blocked out my, the backs, you know, my, my hairs in the back of my neck stood up. I was, I was very physically scared, Mm -hmm. but I kind of shut that down. And I was like, no, you know, do not be scared. Like you're fine. You live in Midwood. Like nothing ever happens here. You know, um, and I didn't scan from, and I didn't, I didn't see where that, where I could have gotten out of the situation, you know, earlier and potentially not been a victim, you know? Um, so that's definitely something that we, we make sure that, you know, do not walk into a situation that's kind of like begging to, to blow into like a big flame, you know, look around, see where you are, you know, hear the tone, understand where sometimes it's better for you to just be quiet and, you know, take a couple steps back. You know, it's not always like run in and, and be the first person to punch, you know, but if someone's about, you know, someone's being aggressive, picking their hands up and they know that there's about mm-hmm. to hit you, go full force. Absolutely. Yeah. When I, when I, um, many years ago, when I became a security guard, I'm not anymore, but, um, back in my mid twenties, um, they, uh, and they don't really use this. Like if you're going to be in a self-defense case in court, they don't really use this anymore, but it is useful to understand the, the force continuum where presence and your what you say are both kinds of force um which is one one of the one of the even the logic behind having a security guard around people are like well they can't do anything what are they doing there well being there yes. you know, <laughs> being yeah. there deters a lot Absolutely. um when they say things to people that can deter a lot now obviously we know from self defense training that how you carry yourself is really important. So if you look like a soft target, having a presence is maybe not forceful. But if you don't look like a soft target, you don't have to look aggressive. You just have to look like you believe in yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Then, then, then you're kind of exerting a little bit of force. Like you, what you're talking about was absolutely the perfect example of that. Making eye contact, being there, being a presence. He eventually kind of downregulated himself and walked away because there was just people there and he was realizing maybe this is not worth being upset about. Maybe this is not worth escalating. Absolutely. So, so Absolutely. he walked away. Wow. That's, it's exactly how you said it. It's like, I think that's the, the, the key word I was kind of looking for deterrence. That's really what we, what we teach them that it's, you know, it's not about getting into a fight and it's not about, um, it's not about, you know, walking around like always on guard. No, but walking around and knowing that, you know, you got this handled, right? Um, and, and, you know, it's funny because um, I, I was like talking to a bunch of um, police officers, retired police officers, um, and, they, you know, they were going through some some 
uh, footage. So we have some like video footage of um, our, the presenters that you know talk about this uh, situational awareness, and they'll show us mm-hmm. a lot of times um, like how. Uh, like the, the target, you know, is, is kind of like picked um, yeah. and you'll see them from like a group of people. And it's like, why is this one picked? You know, they kind of like go into like the psychology behind it and, um, and they try to understand like why, why did they choose this person over that person? And you, you just see it. Like you see that the markers are kind of all there. Um, and when talking to the victim so many times, like they'll say, you know, the very known phrase of like, I didn't see it coming. I never saw it coming. Um, or like, you know, came out of nowhere. And then, after seeing the footage, they're like, it really didn't come out of nowhere. I just wasn't aware. I wasn't there. I wasn't present. Um, And, you know, just being like the, you know, we always teach them, don't put your hand in your pockets, you know, don't carry lots of things, you know, have your hands like free and, um, you know, no head in your phone, no headphones blaring when you're on a, you know, now there's like the the subway attacks have just been increasingly crazy. It's like became, become the new thing to just attack in a subway or or on a subway platform. And, and it's still till today, like even this morning, there are so many people that don't don't have any awareness of their situation. They don't know that they're walking on the yellow line. It's like someone can just, you know, push you very simply and you can fall, yeah. you yeah. know? So it, like those kind of things. So it's, it's a lot of stuff where where um, you have to know that, that you can do this. So before I can teach you all this stuff, which it sounds like common sense, you know, take your head out of your phone, put yeah. your hat down, like, you know, um, it sounds like common sense, but one, if you don't believe that you are worth defending, you're not going anywhere. You know, I can tell you all day. I can teach you all day. It's never going to go into your head, you know, and two, to have the confidence to actually do that, you look different, you know? So if, if there's a, uh, if there's one change from my first three months of people to my second three months, even like people who continue from their first cycle, to their second cycle, that's the difference. They look different. They're standing different. They know they can do this. They have the confidence that I can do this. I haven't reached a hundred percent, but I can do this and I can be more aware and I can be, you know, more in, in like control of, of what's going on, you know? So that's like you said, like even just having a, a, a guard there. And it's really funny because like while you were saying, I was laughing, like, you're right. That is what people think. Like, why is he even there? You know, but just having that person there is kind of like, oh, I have to, I have to recalculate how, you know, if I want to attack, if I want to do something, I have to recalculate because there's somebody there, even if that guy can't do anything, you know, but still, so when you're doing that for yourself and you're being your own security guard and you're just being present, the attacker is going to think again, like, oh, maybe this isn't worth my time, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, she's, she's, she's looking around, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's definitely something that we like, you know, we, we start off with. It's got to be in our situational awareness to let them know before I can teach you how to use your fists. You have to know you have fists, you know, <laughs> like you yeah. have to know you have them first. So you have to know, you have that, to you, know that you you are capable of throwing a punch, and if you throw it to the right area, you can hurt somebody. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You got to see the 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 shocked faces, like when we tell them about areas that, like you know, will never. It doesn't matter how many times I work out my nose, my chin, or my groin. It doesn't matter. It's not, not going to get any stronger. Like these are weak points. You know, like you got to see their faces. It's like blows out. It's like what? Oh wow, you're right. <laughs> so it's like it's very funny. Like when they make that connection, and they're like, oh. That makes a lot of sense. I can do that. Yep. <laughs> I can hit to the groin. <laughs> Eyes, nose, chin, mouth. Yeah. Um, yeah, groin, all those areas. Even solar plexus sometimes. Well, I mean, kind of. Yeah, you yeah, can, can kind of like, work that that's out. That's more, wow, yeah. I have to land the perfect punch. It's got to be, you know, with the perfect, you know. Yeah, you have to, you have to estimate where somebody's solar plexus yeah. is. It's going to be hard to find sometimes. <laughs> cool. So switching gears, you've, you've talked about expanding. How do you... What pro, what are pro, what's going through your mind 
what's the the list that you have when you're searching out locations to teach in? What's the criteria there? So yeah, that's 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 quite a, a tricky endeavor. Um, what am I looking for? I'm looking for a um, first of all, in talking about the, state, the space itself, I need it to be big enough. I need it to be comfortable, right? So I don't want like a like a basement full of objects and things that can potentially, you know, hurt people, fall on people. So I want a big enough space that can fit at least 30 people. That's mm-hmm. kind of like the size class I go for usually. Um, and I want the actual space to be, you know, clean, well lit, um, air conditioned. Um, and I want it to be in like a central location in whatever community I'm looking to expand to. Um, you know, I don't want it to be like in the end of the world where people can't come. Um, it's very hard to get to. There's no parking, you know, things like that. Because people don't know how important self-defense is until they learn it or until they're unfortunately in a situation. So a lot of times I'll hear that from people like, oh, you know, I was walking down the street and I was really scared. So now I want to sign up. Or if there's like a lot of things going on in the news where there's a lot of escalation in, in you know, crime, um, or, or I don't know if you've been following, but recently there've been like a lot of um, anti-Semitic attacks. Uh, there's yeah. been a lot of like really high tensions. Um, that's when we get a lot of calls. That's when people are like, hey, hey, you know, I, we want to come now. And that's like the worst timing. I can't find a place in two seconds. It's just not going to make sense. Plus I'm not a Hershey bar, so I'm, I just can't make everybody happy, but I try the best, right? So like, I'm going to try to find a location that's central to that community. So say um, we're in Crown Heights right now, right? So I'm going to find a location that's central to all parts of Crown Heights. So Crown Heights is not that big, but still like, you know, someone who lives about 15 bucks away is going to think twice about coming out at night in the winter when it's cold, you know, and there's other things going on. Um, but let's say in the city, right? So in the city, that that's where, where it was a little bit like trickier for me because there's so many different um, communities like East Side doesn't want to go to West Side and, you know, Midtown and Uptown, downtown, all that. So um, we kind of just want to find a place that's central and makes sense um, and that we can cover our costs, you know, isn't like extraordinarily expensive um, and uh, just works, you know, like we have, we're able to be there for three months, first of all. I don't want to find a place where um, I can be here one week and there, you know, somewhere else. I'd, I'd rather have yeah. somewhere at least semi-permanent, at least for the three months. Um, and some place that is accessible to everyone and just comfortable, you know. So a gym, uh, meaning like a, like a basketball gym or something. Um, uh, even if a dance studio, if it's big enough. Um, it doesn't really matter. The, the place itself doesn't matter so long as it can facilitate the, the amount of people that I want, which like I said, was at least uh, I'd like to start off a class with 15 usually. Um, potentially I'd really, a full class is 30 people. So that's really when I'm looking for a place. I don't want it to just fit 15 people, but I want it to start with 15 and you know potentially mm-hmm. go, to, go to 30. That's like the you know logistical side of things. Yeah. What does the yeah, conversation so look like when you approach like a gym, like a basketball gym or a rec center or something like that? So first we let them know that we are um, a nonprofit organization that teaches self-defense. Um, we, we do let them know that we're a Jewish organization sometimes because most of the time we're, we're doing this in like, um, you know, like a, a Jewish rec center, let's say, um, or like a synagogue or something like that, you know, where they have, um, they have members and um, it's just, it kind of makes it like a little easier um, because I don't necessarily try to recruit people because again, like, it's nonprofit. So I would be, you know, much heavier on the recruitment if I would be making money, but I'm not making money. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm helping people. So it's, it's a little bit of like a different, um, a different like scale. I, I want to get people in because I want them to want it. So it's a little bit different. Um, so I'm not necessarily like recruiting. I am, um, looking for a place that will help me 
um, kind of uh, express my my goal. So my goal is to help the community, right? So if I go to a synagogue, um, that already helps me because they've got a community, they've got congregants, and we if we can use their space, it's you know it's very comfortable. They already know the place. They it's kind of like it passes like the the um, like the clearance because the the synagogue has approved. <laughs> so you know, and then they'll come, um, and that's my goal. I want these people to know. So right now, you know, there was a um, a hostage situation. Um, mm. and uh, it was in a synagogue. And, uh, so I, uh, like, you know, we've contacted a lot of synagogues and let them know that we're, we're doing like a counterterrorism seminar, um, to let people know about this, what to do, you know, that synagogue, they knew they, they, I think they had just implemented some sort of like martial arts into their programs and they knew what to do. Like they knew how to, um, you know, not to block exits. And, you know, the, the rabbi then took a chair and threw it at the, at the man, which ultimately helped. But imagine he threw the chair um, and then everybody ran to the exit, but the exit was blocked with like, a, I don't know, just chairs or other things that were, you know, they wouldn't have been able to get out. So um, this is like, this is where, where we're going. So when we're looking for a center like that, um, we tell them, hey, you know, we, we're all of the same mind. We want to help protect and um you know the community and help you guys feel safer and you know we'll bring the the like the talent you if you can provide the space and the people that'd be great if they don't let's say it's just a like a regular rec center not connect, not connected to anything that has any sort of like members or congregants um then we just put out ads you know on on social media um and then we ask our members to to you know float it on theirs as well um and we just spread the word that way we don't necessarily um, go out and, and, you know, recruit and ask people to come. It's more like word of mouth. Um, and then I've been doing some, um, I don't know if you want to call them seminars. I call them seminars, um, just to kind of let people know who we are. Mm -hmm. Right. So in the beginning and in, in, back in 2020, when we just started, I was very heavy on this, like, guys, you have to be in class. You have to come to this. You have to learn how to defend yourself. Like it's a crazy world, you know? And then I realized like I was really doing myself a disservice because it's not going to work. I might get you to class, but I won't get you to stay for 12 sessions and I won't get you to actually be present in class. And that's not what I'm looking for. Because even though my goal is to train everybody, every single person who wants to learn this um, or wants to feel safer, I cannot make you want this, you know, uh, for yourself. I just can't. That's not something I can do. So that's why I kind of like changed my focus on mm -hmm. don't try to recruit them, put out your message, and kind of let them come to you because this is a great service that we're that we're providing, you know, for the for the community, and they just need to to learn to take it. So I can give them the tools, but they have to want and they have to need like to pick them up, right? So I can give you all the tools in the world to build a house. I give you like the plan step by step and be there, you know, to support and motivate you and encourage you and everything. But if you don't pick it up, nothing I can do. So um, we let them know, hey, we're a nonprofit Jewish organization that trains people in self-defense, uh, specifically in Krav Maga. Uh, we run a three-month cycle at a time. That's usually 12 sessions. We hope 12 sessions. Sometimes the calendar just doesn't permit and we do 10. Um, but we, we normally uh, guarantee 10. Um, and, you know, we let them know where we started, how, like, how we've been doing. Um, we also train um, in, in Crown Heights. We train um, something called the Shomrim. They are like a Jewish volunteer um, kind of like neighborhood watch mm -hmm. um, where they, they work hand in hand with the police department. And um, you know, if there's ever someone that if there's ever a crime that's you know going on, a lot of people like they'll call the showroom, they'll apprehend 
the you know the attacker and then you know NYPD will come in and arrest them. So um, you know we let them know like we kind of that's kind of like our our um, like our not our back but kind of like people who who can you know speak for us and let them know hey you know we went through this this training this is this is a real deal you know like you really will learn and this is my experience and they kind of like speak for us. So we, we give them these kind of things. So we'll, we'll send them to our website where we have a lot of videos and we have a lot of um, um, like people saying their, their experience and, you know, we let them know, like we are here just to help, you know, and, and we really want to expand. Um, hopefully we can use your space. You know, this is what we provide. Yada, yada, yada. Some places will be like, um, you know, very business oriented. Um, and some people will be like, yes, please. Thank you so much. Like, we're so happy. Come, you know, and then we'll partner and makes things a lot simpler and a lot easier to, to work with. Um, but that all takes time. You know, people, it doesn't, it's not so easy to trust these days. So it takes time. And, and, um, and of course, you know, people always want to make a buck. <laughs> so <laughs> sometimes it's just like, okay, well, what's in it for me? Um, and I'll tell them your congregants will feel a lot safer. Your synagogue will feel, you know, much more secure. You won't need to rely on a, on a, you know, NYPD guard outside, um, which by the way, like, you know, the NYPD can't take care of everyone. There just isn't enough officers, especially with the, you know, defunding and stuff. There just isn't enough manpower to take care of every single synagogue and every single congregant in that synagogue. So why not you do the first step, um, offer this in your place, help yourself and help us. And, you know, this will be a great partnership. <laughs> That's kind of like, you know, I, I sell it very well because uh, even though I'm not really selling it, but I sell it very well because they hear, I think they hear that this is like the feedback I got. Um, they hear the passion. They believe it because at some point, like they understand, hey, I'm not making money. So why am I so like gung-ho about this? Um, and then they try it out and they're like, okay, we're in. <laughs> I think most people that try it out end up being like, ah, I think I misjudged. This is actually really fun. Absolutely. That <laughs> happens so many times. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Like, can, I say, can I say I told you so? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A little vindication. <laughs> but that, that's the biggest like red pill, if you will, that people do not realize is like, oh, I'll just call the police. Um, one of the best demonstrations, uh, so one that I've seen is a guy to like actually go up to somebody that's in the self-defense class that volunteered, not just a random person and like basically like chew them out for five minutes or six minutes or whatever and have them try and like dial 911 on their phone. Um, I wasn't that bold, but when I was teaching a, a seminar one time, I just walked up to somebody. It's like, now imagine that I'm screaming and yelling at you and escalating right now. You're having an adrenaline dump and you're trying to call the police. Now that you've called the police, it could be five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It could be fifteen minutes of this before the police officer shows up. What are you gonna do? You're just gonna run, or you may what do you like? <laughs> right, right. What are you gonna do? You're gonna and, ignore you know, them. A lot of people, a lot of people won't answer. They're just they're yeah. gonna be like, I, I don't know, I don't know what I would do. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, come to class and learn what to do. Yeah. And then they're like, <laughs> you're right. I need to class. <laughs> Sometimes people need to. They don't they think of something in their mind and they don't understand the logistics of it. Like there's, I see these things all the time. People are like, Oh, this is so great. There's this phone app that tracks you and you can put out a distress signal. So you don't have to dial nine one one. I'm like, okay, but, uh, you still have to wait, you know, five, six. Right. And, and, and right. They're not, they're yeah. not at your beck and call. And also like, that means again, 
all this stuff is great. And I'm not trying to be like, you know, against it or, or trying to be like a Debbie Downer and be like, okay, so, but let me show you the bad parts of this. I just find it as, I look at it as a supplement. It's a supplement to my safety, mm-hmm. but I am now in the situation and I can't tell you how long that's going to take. Right. And you know, you always watch like these movies where the operator picks up and she says like, what's your emergency? And there's a bunch of questions that you need to answer. And what if you can't, what if you can't, you know, what if this person's yeah. fist is in your face right now? Like had I had time to call 911? Yeah. What would they have heard? You would have heard my phone fall to the floor and my head smash against my car, you know, and they would have heard me screaming. That's what they would have heard. You know, I don't know how long that would have taken for them to get there. They, they didn't come. By the time he was done with me and I was running, there was no cops there. So I don't yeah. even know how long I was actually there for. Yeah. You know, so, but I, you know, you need, like people forget, you need that time. You need to take out your phone, you need to find 911 or even that distress signal or whatever it is. You need to find it. You need to do it. Your phone needs to look at your face or whatever. You know, like you have time to put in your security code when you're under stress. You have you ever tried to do that? Like regular stress. Okay. Just not even like fear, just regular stress. Like, you know, you know, the the typical saying like haste makes waste, you know, like always, whenever you're rushing, like something goes wrong, you drop something. How can you do that when you're in fear too? You know, why not learn how to, uh, like kind of work through the the fear. And I'm not saying not have it because I think not being afraid is like a whole other level that mm-hmm. I, I never say that we're going to get you to that level. Right. I think fear is very healthy. It's, it's a biological response. It's, you know, it tells you, you need to take care of yourself or get out of here. So yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's very crucial, but we need to control it and we need to work through it, not let it control us and take over right. the situation. You know? So absolutely. I totally agree with everything you said. Yeah. You need to, you have to learn how to manage fear, but if you lose the fear, you're not going to have the adrenaline. You're not going to have a heightened sense of awareness. You're not going to have heightened reflexes. Those are things that you can actually use to defend yourself. You don't want to lose all that. You don't want to be 100% calm. Like even fighters that have fought for years and years and years, they're not, they're all, they all get nerves before a fight and they, that's like you said, that's a physiological response. Your body is designed to do that. And you need to, to use those resources in order to survive the fight. So you don't want to get rid of them. Right. You just learn how to manage it really. Perfect. Perfect point. I'm going to use that too. <laughs> <laughs> I like you know, self-defense. Did you know that I was interviewing you? <laughs> <laughs> Black Widow interview. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, speaking of interviews, um, I understand that you interview members or, or people that, that are wanting to, to become members, what, what is that for? What are you trying to figure out? Is this like trying to figure out why they want to do it, understanding where their background comes from or yeah. what's, what's going on there's in that like, process? There's a couple of different, like, um, different points to that. So there's a, there's different reasons why I do it. First of all, um, I, well, first and foremost, I want to introduce myself. I want them to know who they are. You know, who are you? Who am I? You know, let's get to know each other because like I said, it's a different kind of program. I want to know who you are. I want to have a, a connection with you, a relationship with you. I want you to feel that I'm not just someone that runs the program. I'm someone that very much cares and is very invested in your progress here. Um, so first I feel like that, that personal phone call does a lot. Uh, makes them feel like, you know, very welcome and that they have a um, kind of like a space to ask their questions um, and they're not coming in blind. They know what they're coming into. So that goes into like the next thing, which is kind of like managing expectations, right? I want to know why, why did you sign up? What do you want from this program? What, what's your like, you know, your end game? What do you think you, you can gain from this? What have you heard about it? You know, all these questions are very important because I, I want to make sure that this program fits for you. Like I, I've said earlier that I, you know, I, I think it's very important to have 
um, that to have this like understanding that this is a good relationship both ways, you know, this program kind of makes sense both ways, both to the member and to me. I don't, I don't want someone in my class that's, um, you know, kind of like aggressive and doesn't understand that needs to work in a team, um, doesn't understand like the, just the way my programs run. Right. Um, I've had a lot of people who, not a lot. I'm sorry. I'll take that back. I've had a few people, very interesting fellows who, who call that, you know, they're all, oh, why are they signing up? Because, you know, it's been COVID and I've been stuck in the house for a long time. And I'm just, you know, I, I'm really, I'm just going to hit something. Right. And I'm like, hmm, <laughs> uh, good luck to you, bud. You know, like we're actually in the, you know, the business of the people who make sure that they're safe from that. So this is not a program for you. You know yeah. what I mean? But also people who have come, you know, with other kind of experience um, and are coming to, to grow and that, you know, just like expand and learn more, more like cool moves or like, um, you know, move up in their belts. That's, this is not a program for you because I'm, I'm you know, I'm a beginner's level. So, um, and then that's what I want. I want the average, I don't know anything about anything. Um, I have five kids at home and, I work all day as a secretary, you know, not, I'm not like, I'm really not saying anything bad about that profession or about being a mother, God forbid. Um, but what I'm saying is that person probably has zero knowledge about how do I use my fists? You know, I'm, I'm a very fine woman, <laughs> you know, like I, I find this aggressive, you know, um, I find it very violent. So kind of aside from, um, aging, um, expectations and then kind of managing them, also is to kind of uh, get rid of all these like myths, you know, kind of like be a myth buster. Like mm. I'm not turning you into the Hulk just because you're a woman and you're coming into the class. You're not going to come out with like, you know, popping muscles everywhere. Like that's not what this is class. Aside from that, I also let them know we're not a fitness class. You know, I want to make sure that you understand you're not coming here to lose weight or gain weight or gain muscle. That's not this class. I don't necessarily care about your fitness level um, because Krav Maga was made for every man, woman, and child. And so everybody can do this. You know, you just need to learn how to do this. Mm-hmm. Will you need to supplement your your training here with some um, with some fitness? Maybe, but that's for uh, you know fitness instructor. That's not for me. And maybe you'll figure that out while you're in the class. You know, if you want to be faster at learning something, that has to do with you. You know, but um, some people like move in, like they they just moved into the community, right? And they're like, hey, I wanted to look for like a kind of like a social thing that I can you know get get to know more people, kind of like network. That place. Nope. There's like no talking in the class. You know, you can make friends outside of the class. Inside of the class, I want you to understand why you're here. And I don't want it to come as a shock to anybody. I don't want anyone to be like, whoa, there was a lot of instruction. Like, oh my gosh, I, I, I couldn't talk to anybody. Like I, I wanted to like to get to know my, my, you know, and I couldn't because I was, I had to always like, I was always instructed what to do. Yeah. That's the kind of class that you're in. It's 90 minutes. It, it goes by like this, you know, mm-hmm. every minute is crucial and we only have this once a week. So take advantage, you know, plug in the second we're done, do everything else. So it's not a networking place. It's not a fitness class. Um, it is self-defense, practical um, moves that can potentially save your life or get you out of a, a sticky situation. That's what we're here to learn. And there's so much to learn. So I'm going to use every single minute. Um, and then some people ask about um, how much does it cost? Um, what do I do if I can't? I can't pay. I don't have the funds, but I really need to learn. Um, you know, and I want to, I want to, I want to learn, I want to, I want to learn about those people. I want to, I want to talk to them because we do have a scholarship fund, um, mm-hmm. just because we're, we're a nonprofit organization and that's actually more important. I will always say it like someone like money should never be the, the, you know, deterrent to, to learning how to train. It's not a hobby class either. It's not like, Oh, I'm so bored. I want to find something cool. This is cool. I want to learn this. You know, it's, it's just not that class because 
I, it's very hard to work with people who, um, who don't come from the martial arts world. They don't have like that kind of culture. They don't understand. Um, sometimes it's, it's like a little bit like a boot camp, you know, like that's mm-hmm. what they, they think it is, even though we don't have that vibe, but sometimes that's how, that's what they'll feel like. Like, okay, whoa, like, you know, um, why do I have to stretch or like, why do I have to warm up? Why can I just, you know, so I came at seven fifteen and not seven. What's the big deal? You know, like a lot of the stuff is, you know, will come with, with, you know, someone who's very new to this kind of culture. And so I, I give them like the heads up beforehand. Hey guys, like we love you a lot and we're really here to help, but we are all volunteers here. We're volunteering our time. And so we ask for respect back, you know, like you need to respect yourself and show up on time and, you know, really be present in class. You need to respect your, your peers. There are many different people here. There are people on completely different journeys than you. Um, and you need to respect that. You need to make sure everyone feels safe in this class. There's like, you know, no bullying and no making anybody feel bad or embarrassed. Um, because then I can't work with them. You know, they're, yeah. they're not going to actually do their, their stuff. You got to, you got to respect the instructors. You know, the instructors doesn't have, they don't have to ask quiet. You know, instructor says time, it's time. You know, like it's quiet. Now, some people don't know what time is. Some people never heard of a, a boxing timer. They have no idea what this is, you know? So a lot of the stuff is like, we just got to kind of get their feet wet, let them know like, Hey, I'm just going to introduce you to the world of martial arts. Um, I'm going to tell you what we're about. Yes, we're a three-month program, and I'm going to engage this expectation. No, you will not come out like the Hulk after this. And you might not even know what to do after three months, and that's okay. If you gave it your all and you tried your best, A-plus, buddy. And you're still going to get that certificate. So long as you came to eight classes, out of the 12, we want a minimum of eight at least. Um, you came to eight classes, you really applied yourself, you tried, you're going to get the certificate. And I can't tell you enough how many times that certificate is like, you know, how important it is at the end they're like, Hey, did I make it? Am I getting one today? You know, <laughs> yeah. Even though it's just a piece of paper and really it means nothing. Yep. Like, yeah. you know, there's no like big star on it or anything, but to them, it's like, wow, I made it, you know? So that first phone call, um, is kind of going to weed out, um, these people. I also want people who are committed. Um, if you made it to like the interview, that means you filled out an application. And one of the most important questions on it is, um, if you're chosen for this program, can you commit to three months? I, I don't want to run after people anymore. I don't want to beg you to show up for yourself. Um, and I want to know that you're committed. I want to know that you care about this more than I care about it for you. Right. Cause I care about it a whole lot for you. If I'm essentially volunteering every Sunday of the year, you know, to, to be there and then every Monday to be in, you know, NYC and, and then, you know, work on the back end where we're expanding and working all, all the other logistics um, of this organization. So if I'm doing that, I want to know that you're going to show you're going to show up, right? So um, some people can't. They 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 just oh wow three months can't do it. You know oh it's in the winter time no nope. oh it's in the summertime no nope. you know so it'll weed out those people. Whereas in my yeah. first cycle I was like anyone and everyone please everyone just come. And then there was like it was just a lot harder to to manage. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so now it made it a lot clearer. Um, people are very very appreciative of the call because. First of all, now they know who I am. And now when they show up to class, they don't feel weird because we already made that connection. Um, they have my phone number. They, can, they know they can always reach out. Um, they know they're going to get a, a message like a back, like a response back to whatever question that they have or whatever issue that they have. And they also feel that someone cares. You know, yeah. um, we're not just a program. We actually care. That's why we're here. Even if we're not part of this community, it doesn't matter. We, we really do care about you. So um, I, I make sure to, um, to have at least like a 15 to 20 minute conversation with them, get all their questions out, um, you know, introduce them to the program, introduce myself, um, kind of give them a, um, a little snippet of, of what, um, what the class is. 
you know, it, but I always tell them it's like, it's like telling them about swimming, right? I can explain swimming to you all day long, but if you've never been in a pool, there's not really much you can figure out until you're in the pool, right? So I tell them like your first class, it's really me just throwing you into the pool and just telling you, hey, don't worry, you can do this. Your body will make your, make you tread, you know, without you even knowing. So you can do this. Um, so it's kind of like that introduction. And then I find it very, very helpful, not just to like the business side of things, you know, kind of um, like the dry facts, like who are you, you know, um, how did you hear about us? What, what are you trying to get out of it? But also um, it helps me with like the connection. Um, it helps them um, know that they have someone to turn to, which is a very important point. Like that point person is very important. Um, and it helps them understand like our, our goal. Hey, even though we're here to help, we're still, we're still a business. It's still like important. And you, there's still a part that you have to play here, right? This is a two person dance here. You have to show up. We're going to do the rest. Awesome. So basic to some, to summarize it, you're, you're really maximizing each cohort by sifting out people that aren't going to be good for the program and people who definitely up front are like, yeah, I don't think I can commit to that. Yeah. So that you don't have yeah. people just disappearing and in and out and classes at strange fluctuating between different numbers and things like a college class, right? Right. <laughs> college class, you right. get in there, it's full next class. There's 50% less next class. There's yeah, 15% yeah, yeah, yeah. less. Absolutely. And then like so I'm halfway like limited- through, like one random person shows up. That, that, yeah, that so exactly. That happens all the time, by the way. Like even so, so that that's really why I kind of um, I, I I fixed like the interviewing questions a little bit more because um, a lot of times, first of all, I'm, I'm limited to the amount of, of people I can put in the class, especially with COVID. Yep. Um, I can't put everybody that wants to come in. I wish I can. I'm limited with the space and I'm limited with COVID itself. Um, so that I really I want people who want to be there. I don't want you to take a spot because it was like a cool thing that you signed up for. Um, and you know, you, you know how to answer all the questions well, and then you took a spot, but you're not actually going to show up. I don't want that. You know, I want, I want them to understand you. I can't give this to everybody, you know, and I'd rather give this to a space. Even if I have to give a full scholarship to someone, I want to give this to that person because that person will show up, you know? So I, I want them to understand that point. Like, you know, to understand that there is a need thing and thank God, you know, I have a waiting list right now, which I never thought would happen. You know, I have a nice long waiting list of people who have been through interviews who know, and they know that when we open up our next cycle, you have things to do on your end. And if those are not done, you can't guarantee you a spot, you know, because, but they got it, you know, like they got, cause they got that little like head start um, mm-hmm. of information. Like, oh, okay. This is not, this is not a program that, oh, it'll just be around forever. And like, I'll, I can sign up last minute and I'll still have a spot. Like, no, you won't you know, because unfortunately that this need is growing and people are hearing more about it. And I, I had to put some people on a wait list, which I never, yeah. like I said, I never thought would happen. So I'm kind of like happy about it, but not, um, <laughs> you know yeah, what you I mean? Like bad, I'm happy that there's a wait list. <laughs> yeah. Can get in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess it's a good problem to have. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like that, but it also helps me because then I can potentially open up another location. You know, had yeah. my waiting list grows that big. So. Absolutely. Cool. You, you mentioned um, having a, a sponsorship fund. So I'm guessing that the students do pick up some of the costs. What goes into funding the program? Are there also sponsors? Um, are I'm guessing the instructors are volunteers. How does all that work? So actually, the instructors are not volunteers. Um, we do have the uh, some expenses on our end, like, um, uh, well, first of all, location, we pay mm-hmm. rent. Um, we got have the instructors, um, their fee, and um, 
we have a lot of instructors in the class. We have like some senior instructors and then, you know, like the heads and then there's um, assistant instructors that come in because I want the class is pretty big. And like I said, because we're working with this kind of community, this kind of demographic, it's a little different. It's just, you know, they need a lot more than let's say one coach for 15 people. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, they need a lot more hands on. Um, and because in our um, in Crown Heights, we're working with a religious community. I have separate men and women's class, which, by the way, is also another thing that sets us apart. Um, because yeah. a lot of people in that in in the religious world, uh, just Jewish world, I'll say, um, or actually, you know, this can this can go like this can go across the board. I think um, you know sometimes like in, um, just being religious, you're, you're not going to do certain things, right? You're not going to be in a class that um, you know you feel more exposed in front of a man or a woman, and so we have separate classes with separate instructors. So we'll have female instructors um, very hands-on in the women's class as opposed to the men's class that have only uh, male instructors. And um, and so that they'll they'll be able to facilitate the class in you know, a little bit of a different way. So um, the instructors do get paid. And based on that, like, first of all, that's an expense, a very big one, because it's a difference, you know, if I have one instructor, um, rather, I have about four, I have four female instructors um, in every class, aside from head instructors in, you know, mm. just leading the class in general. So that's a big expense. Um, insurance, you know, just like the, the typical stuff. We also have um, uniforms. Um, so we don't necessarily have an, a set uniform for them, but we do have like, you know, shirts with the GSD logo and pants, yeah. um, just, you know, in case people want. It's also like just looks nice when everyone's in uniform. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, just like the typical things, not, nothing like, nothing crazy. Like there's some, um, like, you know, in the calendar, there's just some different holidays that like we'll celebrate if it falls out on a Sunday. Um, you know, we'll, we'll do things in the class. So it's like small, um, small expenses, but the biggest expenses I'll say are, are the actual space and, um, the instructors, um, those are the biggest ones. Um, and you know, they cost a lot of money and thank God we do have sponsors. Um, there are a lot of donors that like, they'll, they'll see what we're doing. We'll go talk to them. We'll fundraise, um, you know, that we're working on that now. Again, like we're only, we're very, very new. So like, you know, our two years, um, We've learned a lot. I think that we, we grew tremendously um, and realized like where we can clean up, where we can work better or, you know, change different things. And so we're going to be working on uh, fundraising now, uh, you know, in a, on a larger scale, not like on a, not just on a class by class scale where that's what we were doing. You know, we want to make sure that we had our class covered. Uh, I'm sorry, our cycle covered. So I wanted to make sure that, you know, for the next three months we're good. Uh, but now I want to make sure that, you know, for the year we're good. So that way, you know, we're able to, I, I can, I can, you know, get that off my mind and have more people come to their class and not have to worry about, well, if they don't have money, how am I covering them? You know, what am I doing? So, um, so working with, with, uh, with donors, Joe is very, very big on that. Um, he's incredibly instrumental. Um, and just like the way he speaks, I don't know if you've ever spoken with him, but like, he's, he's so eloquent. <laughs> he's like a mm -hmm. natural orator and, um, he, you know, can, can sell you water from, from the sink. Again, not that he's like selling the program, but he, he is selling the idea because he he's was, persuasive. Extremely, and he doesn't even try. <laughs> I don't even know like what would work if he actually tried. You know, if he actually tried, like he can. I don't know what he can sell. Air probably. Um, but uh, yeah, so he's incredibly instrumental. He also he works for APAC, so um, you know it's very very closely related to our to our mission as well. Um, so you know he he's helps a lot with that, and like he'll. Um, he'll go around and he'll talk about it or he just has like contacts that, you know, um, it's extremely well connected. So, um, you know, he can just 
we'll, we'll write up a nice email or put up a nice ad. But this year, we're, I'm going to work on it in a more just like in a strategic way to just outwardly fundraise, you know, whether it's on social media or um, or it's actually going to different, having different seminars and letting them know, um, hey, you know, we are an organization or, or a charity organization, I'll even call it, um, that helps the community. And it's, you know, it's like incredibly important to continue facilitating this. So um, we're, we're working on different ideas, like what makes sense, because mm-hmm. I, I don't want to lose focus so much. I don't want this to turn into like super, super business. Um, I still want to be very hands-on. I don't want to be like only busy with like kind of behind the scenes stuff. It's very important to me that I'm, I'm seen, I'm heard from, um, and people are able to reach me. So, um, yeah. you know, we're, we're both, you know, in order to do that, we have to be around. So we have to have the right. funds for that. So the, the members themselves pay a membership. Um, yeah. it's the absolute basic. I think it comes out to about like $27 a class. Um, which is like super like wonderful for what we're able to offer. Um, and we're hoping to be able to give them more, um, for their money, even though I think we're giving them a lot, um, an hour and a half class once a week is great, but I would love it to be two times a week at least. Um, yeah. you know, just to like, to, you know, just to make it a little bit more just concrete. Um, and hopefully that'll come with the money. Thank God we haven't had a problem until now. We never like went below funds. Um, also Joe like started off with a huge donation, um, of his own, um, just to, just to get it rolling. You know, but, um, but ever since then, we really had a lot of, you know, donors will like sponsors will come in and they'll, they'll want to know, Hey, what is this about? Like, it's very nice to hear. We want to see it. Um, and they'll come watch a class. Um, they'll see, you know, the, the different levels. They'll talk to the members. They'll talk to us. They'll actually speak it in the class as well. Um, and then, you know, um, hopefully we sell it, <laughs> but, but yeah. they usually after that, thank God they, they, they donate, they continue to do it and they're like on board. Then they become like, like partners with us, you know, like, um, hey, this is this is a great idea. Let us know what we can do to help. You know, and they continue on. So thank God, thank God, really, we've been so blessed to to be able to continue doing because honestly, like I I don't even know how how we're still we we've, we've run into so many obstacles uh, from 2020. They're very very creative, big snowball obstacles. Some of them really small, but you know, just one after another after another. And thank God we're still here. So um, and we plan on staying here. So we're gonna we're gonna do what it takes, whatever whatever it takes. We're gonna we're gonna get those funds, and we're gonna get people into class. But again, like I don't want I don't want it to come across as um, like a, oh no problem free program. Um, yeah. I, I don't I don't believe in that so much. I feel like you know if you don't pay for something, you don't you don't feel the it's important. Kind of like right. plays right. a really big even if it's just psychological, it just plays a big part in like your attendance. It is psychological. Um, and it. <laughs> yeah, and I, I see it like in our in our NYC class. Um, we have a, like, we normally do like a three week promotional thing like where it's free. So you can come for three times and just understand like what we're about and, you know, see yeah. if you want to continue. But in the city, thank God our, our sponsors just like continued to pay and wanted to pay for like a block, like a, a, a three month block. And, and it very much does affect attendance and affect like the, the consistency. So even though like our attendance will, will be good, like we'll consistently have 30 people or 25 people in the class, it won't necessarily be the same people. So, um, and I, that's very important to me because I'm, I'm not trying to give like a snicker bar effect here where like, Oh, that was a great class. Oh my God, it was amazing. And then that just kind of like dies because like the sugar ends. So like, I don't want it to be that. I want it to be like, this is a continual thing. I need to continue showing up in order for this to make an impact on me. So thank God, but hopefully we'll get there, get there slowly, slowly. Yeah. Awesome. 
Well, I'm out of questions now. So um, this is the plugging part of the show where you get to tell everyone where they can find you in the program and anything else you want to plug. So our website is gsd.gymdesk.com. You can uh, get to our website there. You can see lots of testimonials and videos of our, our classes and hear from our, our students. You'll see different locations that we're, um, we're currently training out of. Um, hopefully that's going to um, change and expand very soon. Um, and you'll be able to see like what makes most sense to you. There is a lot of information on the website itself that you know can answer a lot of questions, but there is a phone number there that routes to me. I am normally available, I'll say 24 hours. Um, if you don't get a, a, an answer right away, you can always leave a message and I will get back to you that day. Um, it's very important for me to get back to anybody that calls because uh, anyone that's reaching out to us is a potential member and my members are really, really important to me. So um, if you'd like to send an email, you can always send it to membership at gscadvisors.com. And again, you'll also get an email back that day. Awesome. Thank you for coming on. How do you, is it Ortal? Is that how you pronounce it? Ortal, yes. Ortal. Wow. Okay. That, is, that is very, very impressive. I'm so impressed. A lot of people will not say that correctly. <laughs> so thank you. Yes, <laughs> it is Ortal. I don't think I said your name the whole interview, but um, thank you for coming on the show. It's Thank awesome. you for having me. I, it was really my my pleasure. And like I said, you literally made me fall in love with my program again. So thank you very much for asking these questions and letting me get deep in um, and kind of like reminding myself why I do this. It's very important. I always start off every session letting my new members and my old members kind of like remember why. I always tell them, remember your why, because it is the it is the driving force that's going to make you come to class. That's going to make you, you know, um, be present and, and actually perform well. So you just kind of reignited that in me, um, my why. And like I said, my why is we defense. It's very important to um, make sure that everybody feels comfortable and safe in their own skin and, um, and learn how to defend themselves. So I welcome anyone and everyone that would like to join my program. Awesome. Well, I'm really, really glad about that. Um, and hopefully we can have you on again sometime. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.